Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Josh Peck. And I'm Ben Soffer. And, and we're, we're the, the good, good guys. guys. There's a lot of guys out there. And we're the good ones. Benjamin, you're under the weather. We can all tell. Walk us through it. Just a little. Look, I'm totally fine. I don't want anybody thinking, all right, maybe he has the vid. I'm good. I'm fine. It's just what happens when one experiences the seasonal changes. I know that you don't have them as drastic anymore now that you live in California, but when you go from summer to fall, all of a sudden in one day it goes from gorgeous in 90 to rainy in 55, and your body just reacts. It is what it is. You know, I don't want to sound like an insurrectionist, but can we just move past the vid of it all in the sense of we're Jews, we're going to be a little sniffly at times, we're going to have the and you know what? I need you to not look at me sideways if I have some phlegm. People are allowed to be a little sick and they're allowed to be in public and be a little sick. Just because you have a small cold doesn't mean you have to call it quits on life. We can go through life. I actually think if you call it quits on life, you're going to be sick longer. We got to get out there. We got to run that marathon, sweat it out. What's better for a cold than sweating it out? Nothing. Nothing. And, you know, shout out to the Japanese who are more advanced than us in so many ways. But I actually agree with this idea of if you are sick, any kind of sick, you wear a mask. Be in public to a certain extent. Be safe. I feel like this is going to come back to bite me, but here we are. But like, <laughs> wear a mask for the time when you have symptoms and stay home if you're really sick. Yeah. Personal, personal opinion, I can't do the masks anymore. So I might as well. I'll just stay at home. It's fine. But really, <laughs> I'm not sick. I'm fine. Hopefully my voice sounds fine to you and to our viewers. But after this podcast, I'm going to go make a gorgeous pot of chili. That's what I'm doing today. Making a beautiful chili. The second the weather gets under 60, I take that ground beef. I put it in the pot. Diced onions, cumin, salt, pepper. Just say cumin onions, again for the audience. Cumin, cumin. <laughs> Take the, cu- take the cumin. You saying it. cumin could get me to climax. Cumin. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Do you like chili? You know, I, the, the verdict's out with Josh Peck and chili. It's fine. It's a fine dish. It's so... How do I say it? Like, I feel like I should like it because of how much it's a part of the American lexicon. And yet, I feel very wishy-washy about the whole endeavor. Interesting. I absolutely love chili. I will say that bad chili will make a person not like chili. So perhaps you haven't had good enough chili. But to me, you make a pot of chili. It's delicious. You put it in the fridge the next day. It's even better. There's something about the coldness pushing the meat and beans together, creating a really thick chili. I think it's better the next day. But chili is just its a part of me. I am chili. (laughs) I am chili. That'll be our first merch. I'm chili. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I sometimes wonder if I like chili or I just like Fritos, sour cream, and raw onion, right? Because the dressing up part of it is really, you know, it's integral. Do you do you like chips with your chili? And if so, what type of chip? I think there's only one chip, and that's a Fritos scoop. Not original mm. Fritos, but the scoop, which expands the surface area. Literally, as I'm at the grocery store shopping for this chili, Claudia texts me, please get Fritos scoops. Unfortunately, they didn't have them. But you and Claudia are on the same exact wavelength. I personally like a Tostitos scoop, but a Fritos scoop, Fritos is probably the most underrated chip 
in the world. Fritos are fantastic. I would say Fritos is getting their flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I would say Fritos is gaining popularity. And I was going to say, I think they've gained popularity. No, Fritos is, they're they're a big company, Frito-Lay. I just realized that. The Fritos of Frito-Lay. Fritos is, wow. What a Isn't that fun? That All Eidos, Cheetos, Doritos, Frito, anything with O's in it, I'm in. Cheerios. <laughs> Cheerios. I think that's General Mills. Probably. Right? It's all massive food conglomerates, but you know it. It's interesting. I I I would really love to start off with our what are you nuts moment of the mm. week because I I, mm. I think sometimes we don't get to it quick enough, and I know the people they love it. Mm-hmm. Do you have one for this week? Let me let me start us off. You know this is a big pet peeve of mine, and I don't think I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong in my reaction, but I'm not wrong in my annoyance. The other day, my wife, you know, she's pregnant. She's this podcast next week, next week's pod, I will be at the hospital with my wife waiting for our child to be born. And if I'll you're be the, there too. I'm in person. I'll be there too. We'll be recording at the foot of the bed. We'll tag team. <laughs> <laughs> We're the same swarthy, dark haired Jew. They're not going to know the difference. No clue. <laughs> but um, so, you know, my wife is at the doctor doing one of her, her final appointments, and I run to go get her a coffee because, you know, they don't make them like me. And, uh, and the guy behind the counter, young kid, Gen Z type, I walk up and he goes, what's up? I hate this. <laughs> this is unacceptable. What's up? What the fuck is up? What is up, my friend? You tell me what's up. So I hit him right back. I go, what's up? (laughs) It was all bad. I feel like it's wildly (laughs) disrespectful. (laughs) And he said I hit him right back. (laughs) Just in my head, I had you sucker punching him right in the face. (laughs) Could you imagine? That's the end of Josh Peck. What's up? Boom! I'm gonna, right hook. I'm going to do that right when I sign on to my first Hallmark movie, which is looking more and more tempting. Um, what, what's your feeling on the what's up by someone in the service, uh, in, in a service job? No, look, if you're in a service job, you got to do the service. Yeah, hospitality 101. Oh, how are you? What can I get you today? Not what's up. I'm on the same exact page as you. You don't even have to, you don't have to greet me. We don't have to have the small talk. Just... What can I get you? Just give me that. What's yeah, up? Just something very small. Yeah, what's up is what somebody says to you when they're going to give you a free cup of coffee. But if you're paying for the cup of coffee, sir, what can I get you today? That's right. That's right. Uh, I'm with you. That's terrible. On my side, I had a pretty weird what are you nuts moment yesterday. I'm walking down the street, big bottle of Poland Spring, just finished it, tossed it in the trash can, and I see... Right behind me, the person behind me picked my water bottle out of the trash. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Was this a homeless person who's collecting bottles? No. That was my first instinct because nothing wrong with collecting bottles and nothing wrong with seeing an opportunity in my five-cent bottle and wanting to capitalize it and take it to Dwayne Reed and make the money. No problem. This is a person that was clearly not homeless, picked it up out of the trash. Now, first of all, what are you nuts? Second of all, what did they want with that bottle? Did they want my DNA? Are they framing me for something? I'd prefer it to be that than what I think it is, which is that they took it out to recycle it. Now look, we live in the city. Nothing's being recycled, people. Nothing. The city is taking our garbage. The city is taking our trash. The city is taking our recyclables. The city is taking our glass. The city is taking our plastic. And they're throwing all of it in the East River. None of it is going anywhere but the East River because the city is lazy and all of this is just pandering to people that think that maybe, just maybe, they're doing good by taking my water bottle and putting it in the recycling. But I gotta tell you, the city is not recycling that bottle. What are you, nuts? Tell me, are you starting to feel a little bit of guilt around the plastics of it all? Because maybe it's the California in me, but I'm feeling a little guilty. 
I would feel guilty if we were doing the right plastics, but we're doing the wrong plastics. Because they can't be recycled, these plastics? No, we're just strictly focusing on straws. I've felt this way forever. I'm all for recycling. How are you going to hand me a 19-foot plastic cup of coffee, right? Like the Starbucks plastic cup is the size of my head. (laughs) But I can't have a straw? And you have no small head, my friend. No, I have a huge, I think we spoke about this, not quite as wide as yours. I think yours at the top is wider. You have a larger bit. Yes, but I have a bigger head. My head's big. And I don't know. I, I have to drink through a paper straw, but I can have the biggest plastic cup on the planet. That to, that part to me doesn't make any sense. But I do, certainly, I'm a, I'm a big animal activist. I love the sea. I go to the sea and I see plastic. It breaks my heart. So, yes, I do feel a little bit guilty sometimes. I think that's a fair gripe. And I also want to just point out how we started this podcast as an anti-mask episode. And now we're feeling guilty (laughs) about plastics. That's called balance. (laughs) You're not going to hear two sides like this podcast. Not nowhere. No, you are not. This is raw. This is cumin. (laughs) Uh, This episode sponsored by cumin. (laughs) Do you cook? I I can cook. I think, you know, it's funny, and this is another gripe I have, but maybe I'll save it for next week. I think that most people could be able to cook at a very, like, base level. They're just not trying. They're psyched out by it. But I have just moved into a big, beautiful new home, and I'm afraid of the oven, and I want no part of it. And I also don't want to mess up my wife's beautiful house she created. So the answer is no. I no longer cook. But you could cook. Like, if somebody said to you, Cook me a chef's meal. You know those beautiful TikToks where somebody will hand somebody $10 and say, make me something amazing for $10, and that chef goes and, and makes a gorgeous meal. Could you make a gorgeous meal? Yeah, I, I think I can make a gorgeous... Look, I, I think you have to be pretty dumb to not know that if you heat up some oil in a pan, sweat down some onions and garlic, throw like some veggies or a little bit of pasta in there, a little bit of the starchy pasta water to thicken it up, and then some kind of sauce with a protein is a delicious meal. It's not that hard. I couldn't agree with you more. I will say, though, that not everybody is like that. I know people, man, they can't cook pasta. That's because their parents failed them. Yeah, it must be. It must be because it's really... Or is it just... Hmm, this is interesting. Do they just not want to ever be asked to cook anything ever again? So they fail the first time so that they're just served. You know, like those guys out there that like, again, I don't think that you're this guy. The guy out there that comes home, wife makes him a turkey sandwich. My wife isn't making me a turkey sandwich. And that's not, look, my wife is fantastic. But I can make my own turkey sandwich. And I actually prefer to make my own turkey sandwich. If somebody's making a turkey sandwich for me, if I wanted that, odds are they wouldn't make it the way that I want it. Yes. I can make my own turkey sandwich. So. But you're also the son of a caterer, and you're a really mm. good cook. And this your wife, true. some might say, is um, taste blind. <laughs> mm. That's certainly true. She's That's certainly very true. specific, right, with what she eats? Uh, yes, and she wants to order me. You ready for this? She tried to get my bagel with tuna order right. She ordered me a bagel with tuna in Russian. <sighs> Crazy. That's insanity. It's insane. Who, who, bagel with tuna and Russian. You said it yourself. They're just things you know. You do oil, onion, garlic, vegetable, protein, pasta. It's going to taste good. You're going to put Russian dressing on tuna fish intentionally? Now look, if I was feeling crazy, maybe I'd try it. Like I'd try to take a regular tuna sandwich, dunk it in Russian and taste it. Lathering the Russian on the tuna. Sick. Sick. But also sweet and fish doesn't really work except like a miso teriyaki glaze on a salmon. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Or a miso cod. Ooh, I love a miso cod. That black cod. Black cod's fantastic. So buttery. Nobu, fantastic. A plus. Have you been to Nobu Malibu? 
I have been to Nobu Malibu, and for anyone listening who doesn't know, it's really, Nobu in general is like an ultra-fancy, sophisticated, great sushi restaurant, but Nobu Malibu is like a step above, because it's, it's trendy, right? It's, it's, what would you say? It's like social media. I've never been. I've heard it's fantastic. It's the same. It's the same. It's just just harder to get into. I just don't frequent Malibu that often. And I'm not going to go to Nobu. Nobu, honestly, for as much as we're saying it's fantastic, it's really McDonald's. There's one in every city. It's McDonald's if McDonald's was $9 trillion. That's my gripe with Nobu. Nobu is so expensive for so little food. I I agree with you. It is possibly one of those restaurants where you leave and you're like, let's just stop at Jack in the Box on the way home. Mm. But it's, you know, for me, I I have a pretty basic palate, and that's just from growing up on the mean streets in Manhattan, you know, Mm. lower middle income. I don't need to tell you my story. You know. You know where I come from. Are you a street meat guy? Uh, Am I a street meat guy? King of. King of. Mm. Love it. Halal Mm. guys? So good. Mm. Yeah, the white sauce is something else. It's good white sauce. Is there a part of you knowing that halal is also sort of like a dietary way of making sure that food is very clean? That Where you're like, well, it'd be best if it was kosher because you are mostly kosher. But halal makes me feel a little bit better about breaking my kosher. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I nope. took it all back. <laughs> nope, not at all. It is... Uh, if one is Muslim, then halal is something that they're comfortable eating, but it's a totally different slaughter. So Is it? No. Yeah. Yeah. Totally but it, different. But it's better than if you were like getting a, you know, a random burger. Maybe. The truth is, if I'm starting to think, okay, you know, this is better than kosher, then what I'm also, or better than something that is nothing, I also start to think to myself, you know, Maybe this cow is treated fantastic, and I just don't know it. Maybe the un, the non-halal, the non-kosher, the nothing cow, maybe it was treated well, or maybe it wasn't. So, no, I don't. Uh, if I'm eating kosher, I'm eating kosher. If I'm eating not kosher, it's, I'm, just, I'm yeah, just not The caring. wheels are off. The wheels are totally off. Let me tell you Spe- 100 Sorry. No, go, go, go. Let me tell you something 100% for sure. No cow is treated good. Even the no. best treated cow. The only cows that are treated well are those A5 Japanese Wagyu beef cows who literally are fed a diet of beer and massaged until their final day because of the marbling. That's it. Yeah, they're, yes, them and the cow that wasn't killed for food. But even that cow, the udders, damn, it's too dark. I don't even want to think about it. Speaking of dark, did you watch SNL last night? I did not. It was dark. But at least they pointed out that it was dark. Like, I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, that every funny person from SNL, except Keenan, bounced. They're just like, oh, we don't need this anymore. We don't want it. Miles Teller was the host. I personally think Miles Teller is a fantastic actor. Very funny. He was a good host. Opened by sort of mocking that SNL had no talent left, which I thought was very uh, introspective of them. But it's just not funny. And it's just like, why can't they make Saturday Night Live funny? What do they need to do? Do they need to bring on Josh Beck to make it funny? What do they need to do? Uh, They need to end the show. Because I can't take away from almost, you know, what is it, over 50 years of some of the most seminal moments in comedy. And maybe it's just one of those things where it just has to have tough, seasons and then which give way to a Bill Hader or a Kate McKinnon or a Belushi or like a genius performer Chris Farley but I just don't think you can be great for 22 episodes a year I I think it's almost impossible that is the first time that I've ever thought about it like that when Kobe left the Lakers the Lakers franchise didn't cease to exist. Laker fans were disappointed for a couple of years. And then they got LeBron. That's right. And then it's better. You know, that's very interesting. You don't just cancel a show, especially a show that is very talent-focused, where you're really looking for the next big thing, because every amazing person that comes out of SNL is an absolute delight and treat for all of comedy. 
So you know what? You've really just changed my entire perspective. Very interesting. Well, I would like to take this opportunity to introduce a new segment on the show. And it's a little bit of debate. It's a little bit of conflict. And it's called This or That. Mm. So we are going to have a debate subject every week, or maybe just this week if this completely fails when we listen to it back. (laughs) And we are going to completely randomly um, pick a side to defend, and it's going to be five minutes. We'll both have one minute as our opening argument. We'll have two minutes to have cross-talk debate, and then 30 seconds each for our closing statement. And what should we say? Should we put a poll up? and see who won with the audience? I love this, yes. We should. Okay, well. Do you have the, to- do you have the topic? The topic today, it's gonna be a nice softball, nice way to open it. Monogamy versus open relationships. Mm. Benjamin, you will fight for monogamy. I will fight for open relationships. This is completely random, do not read into this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will keep a timer. And would you like me to start with my one-minute opening statement? I would. I would like you to start with your one-minute opening statement. And to clarify, it would. I actually think it would be better. It's up to you. I think we should change it from monogamy versus open relationship to monogamy versus polygamy. <laughs> you know what's beautiful about this podcast? We can pivot. Polygamy, no problem. Good. I got it. Ready? And go. Here's the reality, right? We love each other. We're fed this diet, this Hallmarkian platitudes, these Nicholas Sparks movies, the notebook and whatnot. This is, this is romance. This is a relationship. But the reality is, is that life isn't in a, a, a two-hour movie. Okay, it's long. Life is long. Don't let anyone tell you it's short, right? And people are flawed and people have needs. And the person that you met 10 years ago, they changed. They better change, right? Because we all want to grow. And sometimes it behooves us to have a couple different partners in the mix to keep things exciting. This way, when someone's annoying you, when they're not having a great moment, you go on to the next. You keep things interesting and you keep everyone a little competitive so that they're really vying for the number one spot and two one that's my minute ben go very nice i will be arguing the side of monogamy monogamy is about growing with one individual as you mentioned uh, in your opening statement about polygamy much of it was about personal desire when in reality, monogamy is about growth with another. It's about growing together. It's about making sure that as one ebbs, one flows. And it is the beautiful union of life where you meet together one day. Sure, you fall in love, but any great relationship, you fall in love for different reasons throughout the years. You end up realizing new things about your partner and making compromises to make the relationship even better, and maybe even spicing it up by throwing on some kind of costume when you're canoodling in the bedroom. Three seconds. That's monogamy. (laughs) And now for two minutes of crosstalk. I I just think that getting married, owning property, and inevitably having kids, some might call it the holy trinity of being in a relationship, it's very much a finish line. There's no incentive to grow after that because you know the pain that will have to occur to get out of this, out of said relationship. So everyone starts to settle. The growth stops, the settling begins, and the problems, they start a-coming. And that's why you need to keep things interesting. You need to keep things interesting by celebrating the everyday milestone, by maybe, yes, you've gotten your first house. How about your second? How about your third? How about your boat? How about your NBA team? A lot of greed. Is that greed or is that opportunity? Well, I don't know. You know what I said? I've heard the saying that if it uh, flies or floats, lease it. That's very interesting. The other alternative to what you said is maybe you never end up owning your home. Maybe you, your gorgeous wife and your son, live on a beautiful island with the bare minimum. 
because life's about a lot more than possessions. You know, that that is true, but I think you're getting away from the major point here, is that you're right. It, you should keep it fresh. And the best way to keep it fresh is if you look at your beautiful wife, Claudia Endor Page, and you go, listen, Tammy Sue or Betty Ann, those are the names of people in polygamous relationships. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the wings. They're vying for the top spot. And listen, if we don't start really, you know, getting getting a little bit more adventurous in our life, they might pop in. And she could say to me, hey, look, Josh, you're cute and all, but Rick's been doing his ab workout, and Dan has been really killing it on the Peloton, so maybe you want to lose that 10 pounds that you've been holding on to. And that's the exact problem with polygamy. I don't want to compete with Rick. Get Rick the hell out of here. I don't need Peggy Sue. I don't need Rick. It's just me, Claudia, and if we need a third in the bedroom, our dog, Theo. Now, for your 30-second closing statement, I started, you finish, Ben, go. Overall, monogamy, it's the way to go. You find your soulmate, you get married, you go through life, you get a dog, you have kids, you get a boat, even though Josh said you should lease it. Maybe you lease the boat, maybe you don't own the boat, but you enjoy your time with your loved one, build a beautiful family, and you five have a seconds. great life. That's it. I don't need the five. Well done. And what I'll say in closing is this. Listen. It's fun. Flavors are fun. The variety pack of chips is always better than a gigantic bag that you're only going to get a third through. That when you were at Costco, you told yourself, there's 100% every chance that I'm going to eat all the all these Doritos. But you never do. And the rest goes bad. So if you don't want the rest of your relationship to go bad, find a Rick, find a Dan, and a Betty Sue, and start doing abs and Peloton, because your wife's going to leave you. Thank you. That was excellent. I, I really am happy with that. I, I think that we could have even gone longer, but I like the tightness of it. I think that the people will really enjoy that segment. I like it. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, feel free to go. Where should we, we'll put the poll on both our, our, um, uh, both our handles. So go to Boy With No Job or Ed Shuapak, uh today, Monday, and you can decide who won, and we'll celebrate next week. And then we'll have another this or that. Yeah, and you can also submit this or that. If you think that there's something that we should be debating, feel free to slide into those DMs and tell us a this or that that you would like us to debate. God knows we're lazy, so we'll take all suggestions. Yes, if you also have topics that we can discuss, if you also want to co-host with Josh instead of me. <laughs> that, that I'm not okay with. Um... So should we get to some stories? Yes, we should. Josh, you, you got any teed up? All right, here we go. Little Nas X delays concert to poop backstage. I'm dropping demons, the man says. Little Nas X candidly told Atlanta concert goers in the middle of a show Thursday that needed that he needed a bathroom break. I'm backstage, and this is like not a part of the show, but I'm taking a mean S-H-I-T. So please forgive me, the rapper said. Why am I treating our listeners like my three-year-old son? <laughs> I was just thinking. Oh, no. uh, um, does... Well, Nas X had to make a poo-poo <laughs> during the concert. Now, is this story, does this story make you think that the world is, is coming to an end? <laughs> it just, it's actually very, very relatable. Uh, I have had many a, we now coin the Moonstruck moments because uh, there's a diner called Moonstruck Diner. And once on our way uptown, I said, to, we were in a taxi cab. I said to Claude, we're pulling over. You can go home. I'm going to this diner. I'm going to have liquid diarrhea. <laughs> so I ran into Moonstruck, absolutely exploded. And ever since, the second your stomach drops, those have been called in my house Moonstruck moments. So Lil Nas X, you are just uh, a regular guy. People got to do their business. You can't pick when when these things happen. And I've always thought that, like baseball players or any athlete, in the middle of a, if you got to go, you got to go. And so it's nice to see that uh, this story is being covered and this very serious issue is being brought to light. I'm a big fan of Little Nas X. I think just as a man, he's very impressive. As a musician, wonderful. I know some of his songs. But I do have to say, the days of the Rat Pack are really over. No, <laughs> like when when a performer's like, 
people, concert goers. Allow me to have a quick BM. I'll see you in a couple. Go go get a soda and a, I don't know, a Slurpee. It definitely was probably strange to be there. I didn't think about that from the other end. Like, he's just performing, and all of a sudden he's like, just hold on, hold on. Do we know the duration of this restroom break? Was this a quickie? I don't know, but I would certainly be looking at his hands as he ran out and be like, no way he took the time to wash them. No way. Have you? Do you remember that Will Ferrell SNL skit where he's an Indian chief and... Uh, and is immediately the, canceled by the internet after. <laughs> yes, he, he was immediately canceled. But uh, the either his son or his daughter's boyfriend keeps going to the bathroom, and he comes back into the hut, and Will Ferrell notices that his hands are bone dry. Do you know the skit that I'm talking about? If you don't, you need to look it up immediately, and everybody listening needs to look it up immediately because it's A+. And maybe they don't show it anymore because Will Ferrell is an Indian chief, right. but it's a A plus bone dry. I'm just glad to know that little Nas X is having regular movements because, as we all know, if you're not, it can really ruin your day. He could now get a great sponsor like Metamucil, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or maybe he could even get like a Depends sponsorship and not run off stage. Ooh. Depends could really turn this into a wonderful, wonderful ad campaign. <laughs> and if they don't want to work with little Nas X. They can always work with us. Can you imagine people talking after when they're saying, you know, he came out for one of the most incredible, um, what's it called when they come back out after they're done? Encore. An encore, thank you. I'm having a, a, a brain lapse. He came out for the most incredible encore, and wouldn't you know, he had a boo-boo in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. <gasps> It was iconic, some would say. Okay, so I think we should, I think we must now talk about the fishing scandal that's rocking the fishing world. Mm -mm -mm. A fishing contest rocked by cheating charges after weights were found in winning catches. Two competitors, two competitors stuffed walleye with lead balls in a scheme that was caught. I mean, can you believe this? I can't believe it. The fishing community must be quaking. It really just, it's a terrible day for fishermen everywhere. I personally am not a fisherman, but I do understand and respect the art of sport, the art of competing fairly, and there is no room for cheating in any sport. There's no room for cheating. Again, I, I could have guessed you're not a fisherman. I too am not. And I am reminded of the Mitch Hedberg joke where he says, people who catch fish and throw them back just want to make fish late for something. <laughs> That's funny. It's also just like you're stabbing them and then you're throwing them back in the water. Like, was it really worth it to just like stab them in the chest? Like, it's such like a strange thing to me. They're not stabbing them in the chest. No, you're hook. You're hooking them, or like not in the chest, in the lip. I'm like piercing your cheek. Like it's just like such a weird thing. I don't know. You catch a fish. I'm all for catching a fish and eating it. I'd love to catch a fish and eat it. My problem is that whenever I've gone fishing, I've spent three hours. I couldn't catch anything. I just don't think that I was born to fish. I remember that I made a movie in in uh, in Cape Cod. And this guy mm. that I became friends with was like, we got to go out fishing. We're going to have a great time. We're going to catch a lot of fish. And then we got on the boat. And he said, I've brought a joint. And I said, well, joints are meant to be smoked. And so we smoked his marijuana. And three hours later, we had no fish. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a better day than if you went fishing without the weed. It was so pretty I, solid. I, that's, that sounds like a blissful day. I feel like Paige's family fishes. Is that me stereotyping them? Are they fishers? My wife's beautiful Irish Catholic Northern California family does all things fishing. Mm -hmm. They do some hunting, some duck hunting. They're, mm. they're just very well-rounded. If the world comes to an end, you want to be at my house. Duck hunting. That's cool. Do they take the... So, th you know, I have my beautiful King Charles Cavalier Theo. Mm -hmm. I think that they were used during hunts because they have great noses in England. I think that was a thing. So if we want to bring over Theo, we'll go on a duck hunt. Wow, I love that. I don't know, if, but they probably got small, like, pheasant 
um, quail. The, the dogs for duck hunts are usually Labrador retrievers because they have to run through water because the ducks are in oh. water. Oh, wow. That's pretty epic. Right? That's pretty. Dogs are amazing. You ever just go through an airport and you're like, the best we can do to sniff out bombs is this dog. <laughs> right. Right? Like, yeah, dogs are amazing. But it's also, how is that? Like, maybe it is the best that we can do. I can't believe that we can train dogs to sniff bombs. That's insane. There's a great meme that says, I wonder if normal dogs see bomb-sniffing dogs and think, oh, shit, the cops are here. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've seen that meme, and I remember loving it. So true. They're such narcs. (laughs) The total narcs. Such narcs. And I want to pet them, but we're not allowed. Yeah, no, that's like the big thing. It's like, can't pet them. But that's what dogs want. They're dying for it. That's what they want. They want to be pet. They don't want to sniff bombs. Well, I wonder if, like, you know, like, when you get pulled over and the cop goes, like, can I search? And you go, no. And then they go, well, then I'm going to bring in the dog and be like, well, I'm a dog person, so bring him over. I can't wait. I can't wait. This has been my dream the whole time. I've been waiting for you to ask to bring over your dog. That's why I've been acting suspicious. (laughs) That's why I have a bomb in my truck. (laughs) Just so you can bring over the dog. So you can come hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for our third story, a um, young Nick Cannon... Ugh, that lovely Nicholas Cannon. Twitter has a field day with Nick Cannon uh, naming his 10th baby Rise Messiah. How many women is this with again? Do you know? I don't know. Let's see. 10th baby. He's 41. It was a 10-pound baby, so this, his, wow. this woman is a saint. And, yeah, it doesn't say. But I'm assuming more than one. There's more than one, Mom. I believe it's a collection of mothers that's raising Nick Cannon's group of children. Are they all on a group chat? That's what I want to know. All I know is that uh, whatever whatever he's doing, whatever game he's dropping, we all need to know what game he's spitting. Because he, he clearly is able to convince any woman in the world not only to be with him but to hold his child he's a he's a modern day polygamist yeah 100 percent. and as we know polygamy is awesome from our debate yeah exactly i yeah oh it's seven women sorry i was just looking that up seven women seven women wow but you know what you gotta assume too that there are some people being opportunistic here that go hey i know the man likes to procreate and I'm going to get a bag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. Right? Totally. It must be. Yeah, no, it must be. They must be. Good. Does he have them? How much money could he, he has to be broke now. Imagine paying child support for seven mothers and ten kids. You can tell me, what's it like paying for one kid with one mother? Look, it's not great. And are all those kids on the Screen Actors Guild family insurance, like my son and my future child? It's an excellent question. It sounds like he's abusing the system. I mean, there's there's nothing that I love more than going and filling a prescription for my son because I just can't get over the fact that my little buddy has his own CVS account. It's absolutely adorable. It's adorable. Is the insurance with SAG good? Ben, it's... It, if. To only be a member for the insurance, it's worth it in the Screen Actors Guild. And you know I'm not really? a union guy. No, I'm kidding. I love a union. Like, <laughs> I just think it's funny to be anti-union. But um, no, it's it's outstanding. I love being a member of Screen Actors Guild. I love their insurance. Sometimes I'll go the whole year without using it at all, except for my shrink. And I'll start making random appointments just because I want to juice it a little. How's their out-of-network coverage? Great question. Uh, I think it's like 500 bucks. <laughs> Literally everyone's tuning out now except, well, <laughs> this is so, so what, so what's your monthly deductible? <laughs> what is the, <laughs> now the pharmaceuticals, are they generic? Or are we getting name brand? By the way, that's the worst part. A doctor prescribes you a specific medicine. You go to Dwayne Reed, and they give you something completely different and tell you that it's the exact same ingredients. I believe you that it's the exact same ingredients, but if it's the exact same ingredients, why can't I just have the one that the doctor prescribed me? I don't think I've had a name brand 
prescription for the last, I can't tell you how long. And now my asthma inhalers are getting so generic that they're held together with tape. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) I didn't know that you had asthma. Well, I am Jewish. I understand. I understand. (laughs) This is in the New York Daily News. And if you're going to believe any publication, it's them. (laughs) Rapper Lil Zay Osama busted in Queens for leaving a tricked out Glock in an Uber. Who's Lil Zay Osama? What a boomer thing to say. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so he, and by the way, what kind of a headline is that? Who call it? People, why is the Daily News calling it a Glock? It's such a strange, don't you just call it a handgun? Well, I think, uh, yeah, that it's interesting that they, they named saying it and checked is, it. Right? Isn't that like a little, okay, but he let, so he left a gun in an Uber? He left a gun in an Uber, but even worse, and having a handgun that you would leave anywhere, also in the state of New York with their incredibly tough gun laws. And then it was tricked out so that it was like had automatic fire. So now it's a, a you know, I mean, it's like a fel- felony squared. What does that mean? What, like, what, like it's like when you said tricked out, I don't know why my mind went toward like bedazzled. Light up. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like they knew it was his because it said Lil Zay Osama, like written in in diamonds on the side of the gun. <laughs> it was checked out with Swarovski crystals. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So it was doctored to be like a a more intense gun. Yeah, I'm not a. I don't know anything about guns. I'm not a. Guns have these limiters on them so that they can't, you know, they, they have certain restrictions built in that the manufacturers put on them. So this, I, the idea of this is like no one should be able to just spray bullets, but mm. he had the gun altered on, I don't know, some, some oh. hidden, hidden bad oh. place so that it could oh. shoot automatic fire. Oh, so you don't have to pull back the... Cock, what is it called? The cock? Cock it back? What is this? The, the trigger. West Bend? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that not how you do it? You're telling me you don't have to load bullets in one by one? This <laughs> is, you hold the trigger and it just unloads. You're like, hold on, but where do you put the stick to then put it down the barrel? There's no stuff? stick. <laughs> There's, There's no, no stick. stick. You're telling me you don't have to light anything on fire? Like cannon, there's none of none of that. You're no. like, but where does the knife at the end of the barrel go? Yeah, no, no. Okay, all right. Well, wishing him all the best. <laughs> he seems to have made a great mistake. Oh and God! I hadn't heard of Little Zay before. And I just have a strong feeling that I won't be hearing from him again. That being said, whenever this happens to rappers, they somehow seem to become unbelievably popular. So perhaps he did this on purpose. What do you think about that? Nobody had ever heard of him. Left his gun in an Uber. I just want to know if it was like an Uber black so that he left it in the back of a Suburban or if it was in the back of like a Kia Forte because one is cooler than the other. And did the driver find it or the next passenger? And what the hell did the passenger think of the driver? And what did the driver then say? No, that's not my gun. That's Lil Zay's. And how did he know who Lil Zay was? I'm sure that he, there's no way that his Uber's Lil Zay. It's probably whatever his actual name is. Can maybe imagine, his name is Zay. Maybe you're the passenger and you're like, um, you're like looking at your phone to find the driver's name. And you're like, uh, excuse me, um, Dan, uh, there's a tricked out, uh, I believe it's a Glock back here right next to the hard candies and the iPhone charging cable. Um, is and, it and, it, and it seems like somehow uh, this person doctored this gun so it could be automatic <laughs> and just fire. How do you even know that unless you tried to fire it? Well, the police obviously knew. Once it, was, once it was turned into them. Mm. They dissected that gun, found out that it was there was some foul play. I mean, that is just... Not a fun way to go. Should we should we get over to our advice? Should we do? We should talk about some advice after those incredibly turnt stories. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. But you know, uh, you know, Lil Wayne sat for a year, I believe, at Rikers for having a gun in New York. Really? Yeah. 
and obviously just, Kodak Black, but then Trump just for, just for having a gun. Uh, again, I think it was. I think there was suspicion that he had a gun. So then the police, when he was leaving a venue, got on his tour bus by saying, "We can smell marijuana," and he's like, "Kenya, I'm Little Wayne." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they searched the bus and they found some, I think, some pretty proper weapons. Interesting. I didn't know you could go to jail for a year for just having a gun. Learn something new every day. So true. Let's get to some questions. I think I know how to do this because I posed the question on Instagram and I put the question on my story. Ooh, here we go. This is great. I got laid off from my job. Sorry. I got laid off from my big pharma job. Should I pivot mm. by spending hundreds of thousands on law school? I got laid off from my big pharma job. Right. Should I pivot by spending hundreds of thousands on law school? Hmm. Both impressive jobs. Lawyer. I was going to say, first of all, congrats on having hundreds of thousands. <laughs> yes. That's great. Well, Clearly, the- your big pharma job was paying you nicely because the person would have said going into debt for hundreds of thousands if they didn't have hundreds of thousands, I think. Because if the question is, I got laid off from my job in big pharma, do I now take on debt and go to law school? The answer is absolutely not. But if you've made a great living in big pharma and you want to pivot to law, I think that it's a fine thing to do. I just, lawyers to me these days, they're a dime a dozen. And every lawyer I meet, I hate. I hate lawyers. The only lawyers that I don't hate are the ones that are my friends that decided to go to law school. I don't hate them. But in actuality, lawyers are terrible, especially the ones that we deal with on a daily basis. All that they're doing is coming in our pockets, charging us money for things that will never, ever happen. What's the worst case scenario that I can take money out of Ben and Josh's pocket to protect against? When in reality, if we were all just good people and we didn't have to think about lawsuits, the idea of these types of lawyers, these contract law people, wouldn't exist. The only lawyers that I think should exist are like criminal lawyers. Like those are great people. The ones that are taking their time to make sure that I don't go to prison falsely. But contract law, I'm sorry. This is just, it's pettiness. Well, I love that you are defending the morally duplicitous profession of criminal defense. Yes. I, um, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. I, I, I remember once I called um, the family lawyer when I was buying a home for a little bit. Like, I, maybe I had, I needed him for... 14 minutes and maybe it was 15 total with the niceties exchanged at the beginning. I got a $900 bill. I was yeah, like, and, I just called mm-hmm. you. What? You turned the meter on? Don't you have to tell me? Shouldn't it be like a cab where I see you turn the meter on? Is, is this a, when you say family lawyer, a family friend or a lawyer of the family or both? It's no, it's it's our you know he does our estates, he does the wills, and but he's not a friend. Nice guy, not a friend. Not a friend. So you did call him for legal advice and set up time. He one hundred percent should have charged me. I just was surprised by it. It was th- really thirteen minutes. No, it was probably you know between twenty and thirty minutes. But it was like I guess I just figured that there would be a warning of like, hey Josh, just so you know, I'm going to bill you for this call. I think I'm with you. I hate I hate when that happens. But I also don't know many lawyers that will charge for a phone call. Usually lawyers charge for the time that they spend on the document that you're having the call about, right? Like, that seems very fishy, especially if you've paid this guy an arm and a leg for other stuff in the past. No, these lawyers, they'll figure... Basically, he just knew that there was no paperwork coming, so for the... For me, merely mm. picking his legal mind, he said, listen, I didn't go to four years of law school just for you to, to give you free advice, Josh. And I know you're doing mm. well. I've, I've seen all your social media ads. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, you know, 900. Yeah. So that's exactly, that's exactly what I was saying. These lawyers are pricks. They're all <laughs> pricks. And if your lawyer happens to be listening to your podcast, I'm sorry. But guy sounds like a real prick. 
and to this person no, who no, asked no. you He's the question. Great. He's great. And if you're listening, I really appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you. His name is Mark. Shout out Mark. Yeah. Shout out Mark. Prick. You know what? Um, you know no, what? He sound, yeah, he sounds great. No, he sounds great. But so to the advice of this person, we're not really talking about the fact that they did work at Big Pharma. So they sound like a prick. So really, you're deciding between do I want to be a prick or do I want to be a prick in debt? <laughs> so really, just find another job in Big Pharma. If you're comfortable being a prick, you might as well just make money there and not spend the money on school. I know plenty of people who go and get their master's um, while having a, a nine to five. So my answer to you, sir, is you're not that busy. You want to go to law school, go at night. Work and, fucking harder. You're yeah, right. Let's Gary V this asshole. What's everybody, soft? What are you, soft? And if you have any baseball cards in your attic, put them on eBay. And if you want to come on this podcast so we can yell at you, send us your hand. You know, my buddy is a, a criminal defense attorney, and he once mm. asked me to go downtown and watch him, you know, at the federal court in downtown L.A. to, to see him try a case. And, and I walked in, and I watched it and for a couple hours. It was really interesting. And when we left, he said, what do you think? And I said, it was really cool. It's like law and order, but with ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think on me making disparaging remarks about the legal community's looks, I think it's a, it's a good time to end the podcast. Look, that's our show. <laughs> you can catch new episodes of ours every Monday wherever you find your podcasts. Apple, Apple Music, probably not Apple Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple. Did I say Apple. Apple, pear, the, Spotify, the, whole, the whole orchard, the whole produce Sp section of audio. S Spotify, Hotify, <laughs> anywhere you can, anywhere you can find us, and Ben's, wherever that is. <laughs> Ben's got low blood sugar and needs to force about um, half a pound of chili down his throat. I do, and wherever you find our podcast, please give us five stars, rate, review, leave a glowing review. If you have nothing nice to say, please keep it to yourself and don't rate it or review it. We only want honest five-star reviews. I, I, you know what, Ben? I think I would love your chili. I'll take some, freeze it, and throw it in the mail. Love you. How do you, what, you, think, how do you think chili travels in the mail? I think if I froze it and I overnighted it, it would be totally fine. Would well, you eat my chili out of a, out of a UPS box? Yeah, that sounds like a problem for FedEx. You know what I mean? Okay, I, th I think I'm going to do it. Just one gigantic, just a scoop. soggy ass box gets delivered. Just one, just one single scoop, like an ice cream. God, you're I'm going to send you my chili. I'm I can't wait.